0: welcome to Ultra Catalyst. I'm your host, Stephen Nosek. We'll be exploring the one decision people make to drive change in their lives. Join me each week to hear from a variety of guests about what they did, the techniques and strategies they used, and how they're now leading their best lives. Welcome back, folks. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You're here at the Ultra Catalyst Podcast. My name's Steven. Let me tell you a little bit about today's show. We have a special guest, a friend of mine I met a few years ago back at multiple events, and I'm going to introduce him in just one second. Now let's tell you a little bit about the Ultra Catalyst Podcast. This is where we're going to explore that one decision, that moment in time where there is just that catalyst, you know, that spark where someone said, I'm just not where I want to be at or my life isn't what I I want it to be at that moment in time. And they make that quick decision. And it's that one little spark that 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 decision made that put them on a new path to change their life for the better. So that's one of the areas that we're gonna focus on today. But step back just for a minute, lean in and get ready to listen to the conversation we have planned for you today. Now I have a special guest, his name is Justin Forehand. Let me tell you a little bit about him and then we'll get right into our discussion today. So, Justin, he is a father of three daughters, a dance dad. You know him, you've seen him out there cheering for all his family members because everybody is an athlete in his family. He's a 22 year army vet, a retiree, just recently, a real estate agent and investor, a freedom fighter. He has a love for his country, guns, and archery. And one thing we got in common, we're both fitness addicts. And we'll, we'll dive into that today. So Justin, welcome to the Ultra Catalyst podcast. How are things today?
1: Uh, things are going great. Thank you for having me.
0: Excellent, man. Excellent. Now, what I like to do, and we've, we've talked about this, you probably heard some other episodes, i like to just get a little background of who you are and, and just tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Feel free to start wherever you want, right? I mean, you've had a huge career in the military. You got three daughters, real estate. We got a lot of topics to choose from. I'm going to let you dive into which one you want to share. All
1: right. So, uh, I guess we'll kind of start off where, um, my success journey really started. And that was, um, you know, I'm an, I'm an army brat. Um, my dad was a sergeant major in the army. My grandfather was a sergeant major in the army. And, uh, I knew that I I wanted to go to college, but um, I didn't really have a way to go. They didn't save money and all that, but that I've always found a way, a solution on how to do things. And so I joined the Army at 17 years old uh, and it ended up paying for my college. So um, really, if we're talking about Catalyst, that that was like the first one that uh, really started my entire rest of my you know up until this point of my life. So, uh, that was 20, almost 23 years ago.
0: Wow. So you got, you got a long lineage of military service in your family, right? Yes. That's, that's huge. Now you just knew based on that experience, exposure, just like you said, uh, army brat that right out of high school, you're just like, okay, let's, let's go do it. Let's go take care of it.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't really have a a goal for that career. Cause my, my goal for that was to pay for college and whatever happened after I finished college is what, you know, I had planned to do. And, uh, it ended up being a 22 year career. And, uh, so I kind of broke the family tradition. They were both enlisted, uh, 10 years into my career. I was kind of like, I was kind of lost in uh, not knowing what I wanted to do. I couldn't get promoted just because of, uh, you know circumstances and things like that mm-hmm. and uh i I went to officer candidate school and became an officer which uh if you know anything about the military you know enlisted in officers they kind of uh kind of joke at it you know at each other and everything but uh um my my dad was happy he was like you know whatever you need to do and uh I made it to uh to o four a major mm-hmm. a brigade staff officer and uh finally made a decision. I was kind of forced to make a decision last year to retire. So um, yeah, 22 years in, in the in the Army. So uh, it was a fun ride, but kind of glad it's over now so I can start something new.
0: No, <laughs> oh, definitely. And, and I, I got to commend you and thank you for your service. I mean, that's to put yourself out there and uh, in harm's way and ready to go for battle. That's something else, right? It doesn't happen as much in our country, right? I know when, when I was growing up, uh, some of my relatives were in the military, but one side of my family, there's just here and there of people in the military, right? Um, where on like my mom's side, it was pretty much all of the men um, or most of the men, I should say. So uh, thank you for your service. That's definitely commendable. And we value all the support that you put out there over the years and, and beyond. So but let's dive into to this is I know you just got to major and you went and you retired, right? And there was obviously some circumstances with the military, but you were already looking out because the economy was great. What got you into real estate? Uh, well,
1: I was a, also, now let me, uh, go back from the army. I was in the army national guard. So it was a part-time thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was also a DOD contractor and I had been a DOD oh. contractor for, um, uh, probably twelve years, and uh back in two thousand and fourteen, I lost my job just because contract stops um uh, yeah. and I had to find something new and so I found another job, and then it happened again <laughs> <laughs> and then I found another job, and then a year after that, they cut my uh salary thirty five thousand dollars uh, and so that was the spark for me to get into real estate. I was like, I've got to take control of my income. I've got to take control of, uh, you know, what I do and uh, be able to create, you know, a better income and uh, provide for my family. So, and that's what, that's what got me into real estate is uh, things, circumstances has kept happening. And uh, I think it was for the best. So,
0: Well, definitely now. I mean, we could see the results, right? You just were stacking small win after small win after small win until you got to recently where now you're selling houses on a regular. You got clients. uh, It's keeping you busy. Speaking from my own experience, I've been in, in and out of real estate for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Grew up as a real estate kid. My mom was realtor for 30 plus years or something. So I got brought I used to say dragged, but then I enjoyed it after a while, right? I got brought to every open house sale, client meeting, signing. Let's just go look at model homes on the weekend. And you're like, I'd, I'd rather be out swimming with the kids or BMX biking. But this is what me and mom, my mom had that connection. So I just kind of followed in her footsteps. Uh, but two, 2008 is really kind of what, 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 curved my enthusiasm if you will for real estate it was so hard especially being a on a hundred percent commission right. that to generate during that environment was for me at least being not having my mind all there obvious uh, for unsuspecting reasons um uh, real estate can be a tough tough environment sometimes um now within real estate um you're also an investor too and so You've picked up uh, several different properties and stuff like that. What was that experience like? Like you just said, let's let's go deeper into the real estate game. And, and it was through uh, real estate holdings.
1: Well, we kind of started with investing. Um, we When we moved here, we kind of kept our old house where, where we lived in Fort Rucker. Uh, and we've rented it out for 12 years now. And then we just kind of started it doing that along the way. Um recently it's been tough. Uh we bought a house I think two years ago and uh we are buying down in the Fort Rucker area. And so the area we were looking at, uh we had some squatters and stuff and they wouldn't stay out of our house. Um and so we just started we sold it and we actually did better selling it than I think we would if we would have just held it and rented it out. So um we're kind of uh Right now, we're kind of in a waiting pattern just to see what could happen, mm-hmm. but uh i i I think for our investing, we've kind of focused on my sales right now, and then I think we're gonna try to make a shift into uh you know short term or something like that, short term rentals for one, we like going on vacation and stuff, so yeah. if we have a property we already own, uh that's even better
0: <laughs> yeah, short term rentals, airbnb. Uh, right. You got, just gotta find those right cities, right, where there's attraction right. and there's there's a lot of uh, how do you say uh foot traffic, right? Right.
1: Yeah. to have a
0: reason to go there. Yep. So. Now let's go back to the to the the house that you just described selling. What was it like trying to manage squatters to get them out of your house? Like, did you have to go through any legal proceedings, or did you just like show up on the door and just keep having conversations, trying to influence them to 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 get out of the property because obviously they're, they're not paying. They're just causing havoc.
1: Yeah. uh, Well, we were, uh, we live five hours away from where we own that property. And so my brother-in-law lives there and he's pretty much our property manager. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was going over one day to do something. I think we were fixing the floor or something. We had a big hole in the floor and uh, he noticed that somebody was in and called the police and they got him out. And then, he went back like two days later and that person and somebody else was also in the house. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they had, I think they had broken the back window a couple of times and uh, you know, just anything to try to get in the house. But uh, yeah, we only had to call, we called the police every time that we found them in the house and they, they knew the the police actually knew the people and you know, they were uh, always in trouble. So
0: yeah.
1: Uh, once we were able to, get them out that company. We were like, yeah, we're going to sell this thing and got an agent down there to list it. And we were done with it within a month. Oh, perfect. Uh, I think it was a cash buyer. So it was quick. Um, but, you know, it's uh, I guess that's just part of the part of the game when you're investing in areas that aren't that great, but um, you know, it's, it's something you got to deal with.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I can, I can imagine that, right? And especially the the difficulty in the area. If the authorities already have regular contact with those individuals, right? And it's like, hey, Bob, I'm already seeing you. I just saw you last week. Why are you here again, right? And, and then it's just a, what is that? A, a cat and mouse type game to kind of keep tabs on them to make sure that it just happens to be your property that they wanted to take Habitat in for this time, right? And next week it's probably someone else's, so.
1: Yeah, and the only reason we bought it is because it was right next to a hospital. So we thought we can get like a traveling nurse or somebody like yeah. that. But, uh, the neighborhood just on the edge creeped into our house. So, oh man! <laughs> uh, but well, good experience, and we, uh, we made some money buying it and selling it. So
0: yeah, well at least you're able to cut cut the anchor on that one and then go do something else. Yep. So let's talk a, a little bit more about real estate. Real estate. So I see the signs in the background. Um, what's the market like now in your area?
1: Uh, well, Huntsville is crazy. Um it's there's so much industry coming here. The buyers are I mean, last year was crazy. We were getting offers 50,000 over list price and wow. 20 20 offers and uh it was just crazy. So, uh Huntsville has exploded. It is now the largest populated city in Alabama. Mm-hmm. When I moved here 11 years ago, it was like number four or five. And uh, I think there's 214,000 that live here, which is still a relatively small city yeah, like Chicago and New York and stuff. But for Alabama, it's a large city. And um, you've got FBI headquarters moving here. We've had Facebook, Amazon, uh, Space Command from Fort Collins, Colorado is moving here next year. Hmm. So we're going to have a huge influx of people coming in. So, uh, the buyer market here, uh, I think last year we had 500 houses on the market. Mm -hmm. And so, that's why you had the crazy multiple offers and way over list price offers. And um, it's kind of slowed down a little bit, but we're starting to see more multiple offers starting, you know, I guess in January when people started looking again after the holidays. Yeah. it's, it's a good time to be a real estate agent here in Huntsville.
0: <laughs> it, it sounds like that, especially with that size of population and the, the projections for it to grow. Um, are the slightly higher interest rates from last year, are those impacting some of the buyers coming into the market today?
1: I think it's kind of made them a little cautious, but when you're moving here for a job, you've got to find a place to yeah. live. So um, I'm seeing people maybe rent a year before they buy more mm-hmm. than they were in the year's prior, but um, I don't think it slowed down that much in this market. Uh, I'm a real good friend with a a mortgage broker and she was saying that uh, last month they saw more applications than they have in a long time. So I think it's picking back up.
0: Oh, that's good. Are are rents in the area also going up as well? Uh, Yes. Because people holding their houses for longer, seeing the influx of uh, money from out of state or out of region.
1: Yeah, people aren't selling right now uh, as much as they used to. I mean, last year it was crazy, and now there's I think there's 1,400 properties on the market for Madison County, uh, which is not a lot. So people are, I think the rental market is doing well here, and they're able to charge a premium. Uh, so I, I, I guess both sales and rentals are doing really well uh, when you look at look at the numbers. So.
0: Well, that, that's good. I, I don't know if I'm going to be moving there just yet. We just moved to Texas at the beginning of <laughs> the last year. But uh, this, this area that I live in, in uh, the Woodlands, Conroe area, it's also exploding. There's, there's wow. new developments. There's a lot of people coming in, uh, like from my previous state, California, um, and all over the place. I mean, it's not just limited to there. But um, yeah, traffic's gotten a lot worse. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, my daughter's uh, starting to drive she's going to get her permit in about 2 months and we're terrified just because we grew up in a small town where there was mm-hmm. barely anybody uh, open roads and here to get from our house to anywhere you got to go on the interstate so uh in the interstate it has pretty much been Atlanta and DC I mean there's so many people driving crazy there's accidents every day and uh wow. kind of worried about that <laughs>
0: Well, I, I, I can only imagine, especially when you get that sweet 16 and you're, you're getting your first car and you're getting ready to drive around. And and then uh, eventually as a parent, you know, you have to kind of like take your hands off the wheel and let them let them guide, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about fitness. So okay. I know in the I know in the past you've been a runner. You did a lot of running here and there and then uh, now I see you post just about every day every, or every other day uh, different pictures from your home gym. Right. What are you working towards right now in terms of fitness? Are you going after any events or goals or, or anything like that or just to get healthy? Um,
1: I think and I, just, I just turned 40 last year, so my, my goal is, is just to get stronger and stay fit. Uh, I know so many people that once they turn forty, it's all downhill, and it's because they just don't they don't work hard at you know getting stronger. And and one thing that I've uh, really worked on is trying to you know PR and mm-hmm. instead of PRing in races, I'm PRing in lifts now. So um, yeah, um, I would say I'm a retired ultra runner now because uh, okay. I've gained about thirty pounds, and it's a lot harder <laughs> than it used to be. Uh, but it's you know thirty pounds of of muscle compared to what I used to have but uh I did I guess eight marathons and 350k's and uh, a couple stage races and that was fun mm-hmm. while I was doing it but uh it kind of hurt my body cuz I was only running I wasn't lifting and wasn't getting stronger and uh I guess one day I decided I don't want to do that anymore <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's an addiction for me every day. I've got to, um, I've got to do some form of movement Mm -hmm. and uh, and my wife will get mad at me. She's trying to talk to me or something. And I'm like, hold on. I've got, I've got the, I've got that feeling. I got to, you know, I've got to do something. And then, uh, you know, she'll, she'll get be mad for a little bit, but then she realizes that, you know, it's something that I need to do to stay mentally stable and going forward. So,
0: yeah, I, I find uh, I'm doing that a lot now as well. And so, uh, as you've seen on some of my videos and, and our earlier conversations, right? I I didn't restart running or doing triathlons until about four years ago. Before then, I was beer drinker, overweight. I might do like a weekend warrior type run with some buddies, uh, wasn't running and, or anything like that. And then uh, I just got into it. Uh, me and my brother just started running race after race every month, and then moved on to triathlons. And then now the quest is um, ultras, right? So anything greater than a 26.2 for anyone in the audience, right? And uh, what I found in the last, what is it, nine, 10 weeks, I've been hitting the gym to actually build muscle, right? If I look back at my last two years of ultra running, whatever the distance, I had almost no muscle, right? It's like literally just mental at that point. And I was like, "No yeah. wonder why I'm getting so tired and beat up and my body's sore. I'm twisting my ankle. I'm getting injured every other run. You know, it's like, I really got to start thinking about these things. Cause, uh, I just turned 46, right. So over 40, just like yourself. And, uh, if you're not lifting weights, these things get a lot harder, <laughs> especially with the recovery. Um, now do you have any PRs that you want to share? Um, Bench squat deadlifts, anything like that?
1: Uh not really. I'm I only have 260 pounds of plates, so it's not anything too heavy yet. But uh I guess just from not lifting in years, you know, you get back to that two twenty-five and get you know a couple reps in, you're like, Hey, I still got it, but <laughs> uh yeah, that's I don't even – I have it all written down somewhere. I don't – but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, going back to what you were saying about that, uh, I think what caused me to, to kind of stop running out, I, I did what's called the Huntsville Slam here uh, in Huntsville, and it's uh, it's three fifty 50Ks in a marathon in a two-month span. Okay. But one of the 50Ks you had to either run a marathon in a certain time Or do another long distance race prior. And I had never done it before. And Mm -hmm. my uh I guess my marathons were too slow. So I had to run a marathon to qualify for for Mountain Mm -hmm. Mist. And I did that the month before the slam started. So I ran two marathons and 350Ks in about a two and a half month span. And uh man, I did that, I made it through, I finished, and then there was a race that just ran its last uh ran it for the last time. I think last week and called Tick Ridge. It was a 25k. Mm-hmm. It was in the hills of Tennessee, and it destroyed me. Uh, I could barely walk for probably two or three weeks after that, just because the beating that I took from the slam and then that that 25k. Um, I, I just knew after that that it was time to to move on and do something to to build my body instead of tear it apart. So.
0: Um, that is quite some ma- mileage in a two-month two, two span, right? Uh, so 50K for everybody, 31 miles uh, roughly, right? right. Uh, so literally, you you had to run, I don't know if I could add, right? That's about 130 miles collectively or something like that, right? Maybe a little right. bit more. Not
1: counting any training in between. Yeah, not
0: counting training. That's, that's a lot for two months, right? I mean, yeah. even myself training for like 50 milers, 100 milers, in, in one or two months, I don't think I ran that much, right? For, for some of my training. Now, I did interview a guy, uh, Justin Hazari. You, you've probably seen him as well. He just ran 50 marathons in about 50 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one per week. Uh, his goal was 52 for last year. And uh, I just don't know how you could run that much every single week, but do yeah. it consecutively, right? I might be able to run five miles on day one maybe two miles the next day uh but to run close to 130 140 miles in two months so that, that's a lot especially for a timed race
1: right yeah it's, yeah i can't imagine that <laughs> 50, 50 and 50 wow it's like the iron cowboy you know yeah,
0: uh, oh. yeah james lawrence man yeah that that's just it, it's um uh, it's something else, right? It's the the Dave Goggins, the Rich Rolls, the Jesse Itzlers, like all all these other folks that are just into that uh, ultra lifestyle. It's quite interesting to be a part of, right? Because you get to meet a lot of interesting people. But just to see what you could do with your body and then your mind to be able to, to survive. I mean, you're doing 350Ks pretty much back to back. That tears the crap out of your body. <laughs> And
1: they weren't fairly easy, 50Ks either. Um, So, yeah, it did tear me apart pretty bad.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, I I did sign up for uh, Panhote. And I know that's kind of in your neck of the woods, I think, two, three hours away from you or something like that. And uh, this year, I had had some other things come up. I wasn't able to go. I'll probably sign up this coming year. Uh, But I hear that's a beautiful area to go out and run in. Yeah. Um, But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a good race. I've got a lot of friends that have done it. I uh, I read the campaign's book and I was like, man, I want to get back into this ultra running just because, you know, it it inspired me. to. And I was like, I want to do the hundred. And then I started thinking, no, I'm gonna hold off for a little bit. See how my body's doing. (laughs) I I don't know that I'm gonna run it this year, but maybe something I plan to do in the year, you know, a couple of years from now.
0: Yeah, I found one of the, the key things for, for any races, and you you already know this, but for like our audiences, right. if you have that goal in mind, you just sign up for the race, you pay your dues, and then you figure out how you're going to train for it. And just remember, you have to show up and go give it your best, even if you're not fully trained, right? Because uh, a lot of people, they'll, they'll say, I'm going to do a marathon, right? The pinnacle of running um, until you get farther than that most people will never go out and do it right because they didn't sign up right it's like oh i'll do it tomorrow i'll do it tomorrow i'll do it tomorrow right the same old thing but um man just uh I'm still blown away with your your distance in two months that's that's pretty gnarly dude yeah. <laughs> let's go. on again <laughs> yeah. well you know what if if i know if i know you and and uh, myself I bet if I make a trip out there, we, we go for a run for a little bit. I don't yeah. know if we'll do a 50 K, but we'll, we'll do some, <laughs> some distance, man.
1: Yeah. I'll take you on the mountain. We'll uh, get some mileage up there.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, definitely here in Houston, Conroe, there's not any Hills around They're three, four hours away. Uh, so I do most of my running uh, on an incline treadmill or it's all flat. I just tra- training for the heat when it comes. So. <laughs> yep let's switch gears, man. Let's talk about your mission, man. So you've come a long way. You've done a lot of different professions. Um, you got a blossoming family. They're getting older. They're, they're dance right now at a competition. Let's talk about your mission, man. What, what are you really geared to do going forward, right? I know you've been working in several areas that we haven't even talked about yet.
1: Uh, it's really all about the kids. It's uh, to provide opportunities for them and uh, teach them how to Grasp those opportunities and do something with it, uh, and to allow them to grow. I mean, we homeschool them. Uh, okay. We uh, we try to give them the knowledge that they'll need, actually need in life, and uh, because you know we we all weren't taught finances and mm-hmm. um, hard work and things like that. Because like like Andy Frisello always talks about they try to talk it down, talk success down. So mm-hmm. um, we made the decision eight years ago, it was way before COVID, all these, yeah. you know, temporary homeschoolers uh, to to give our kids the best opportunity to learn what's actually needed to be successful in life. And uh, I think where we're at in this stage right now with a 14, 13 and 11 year old, uh, we've seen the hard work they put in. Um, and we're optimistic for what they are going to do in the future. So we're already starting uh, to do things like take my oldest to college colleges. Like next month, we're going to take them to Ole Miss uh, for a dance clinic. Um, And she's excited about that. So uh, we're just very optimistic of where they could go with what uh, we've given them. And, uh, you know, they're talking about opening dance studios and, doing all kinds of good stuff that I kind of, wow, you're thinking about that at 14 years old. So, uh, it's, uh, that's pretty much our mission is to provide opportunities for them. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. That, that's-, that's awesome. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. I'm I'm going to drill into this topic. Cause, cause, uh, we, we got something, uh, highly relatable. I don't even think we you and me have talked about it before. Um, but it, it sounds awesome that they're, the learned behaviors that they have and the entrepreneurship, right? They see you and your wife doing these different activities and they understand the value of that. And you're inst- inst- instituting that level of excellence in what they do. And I know it shows based on, on just what their visions are of the future, how they're into dance, how they're treating competitions. Um, and that's, that's phenomenal let me ask you this question. Um, before you guys made that decision for homeschooling, uh, did you have them in like a public or a private school? And was your wife also working at the time?
1: Um, we had, so my oldest went through two years of school, Mm -hmm. uh, and my middle child did one year. Uh, my youngest has never been in a public school. Um, but my wife was running a business. She started a business in 2014 and she watches dogs in her house. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they they all help with that business. So, um, yeah, only only two years of public school for my oldest, and we we saw behavior changes. We saw how overwhelmed with busy work mm-hmm. that they were having to do. Like no, they had no time for extra curricular activities or being a kid or anything like that after coming home from school all day, and then having to do three or four hours of homework as a first grader. And I was like, this is, this is nuts. And, uh, we, uh, we made a decision. We went, we went to, uh, my middle dollars class for, it was her birthday and we brought cupcakes for her class. And, uh, that teacher had absolutely no control over the class. Kids were running everywhere, hitting other kids. And we looked at each other and said, this is, this is it. This is, Mm -hmm. you know, we're the next, I think, a couple weeks later we went and took them out of public school and it's not very hard to do here in Alabama uh, to homeschool you don't have to have public school or anything like that so um yeah we made a decision eight years ago and been doing it ever since
0: that's fantastic and and I definitely have to commend you and your wife right because homeschooling changes the dynamic especially if you're used to having your kids go to public school right I look back at my younger day i my Brothers, they went to some private schools and then into public school. I did uh, public school uh, as well. But just like you and your wife, um, my wife homeschools our kids, right? They're nine and seven. My son, who's the oldest, uh, he's on the autism spectrum. And so uh, we found out when he was about two and a half, almost three. And there was a local school from about five miles away. And we brought him there. And I think uh, for about a third maybe a half of the school year right he excelled he was with a small group of kids I think there's like six or seven there's two teachers in there and it was more hands-on right he needed that at that time and but he just quickly excelled and what they did is they just instead of keeping them in the class at that same level they bumped him up to other higher grade levels for special needs children right And the unfortunate thing was, is when they did that, it went by age. It didn't go by what their mental capacity was or their intelligence at the time, right? And so he started to get picked on by other kids that also had different types of um, um, behavioral issues, right? And uh, my wife saw it and then I saw it. And then after a while, he was just like, and he's only like three and a half. He's like, I don't want to go back there, right? Like he'd fight us. Because the experience there and uh, my wife said, okay, we'll, just, we'll homeschool them. And so we did the same thing. We said, enough is enough. We could do it better. And uh, my wife is full-time mom, homeschool, housewife. And, um, and then our daughter, who's a few years before, she's never been in uh, public school at all. And so now, just like what you do, and I'll, I'll dive a little deeper in here, is Every time there's a weekend or a family outing, we make it a learning experience, right? We're pointing out the situations. How do you do uh counting of money? You know, they get their own money, they gotta count it out, they gotta learn, they gotta see what the value is. Um, we spend a lot of times in discovery museums, zoos, parks, outdoors, like all these different things um, that they wouldn't be getting if they went to the traditional public school right now, right? I think um, when I was in California, most kids stopped going out to recess, or it was cut short. Right? There's no PE, no gym, no car mechanics, no all none of this other stuff like when we were kids. So, um, but man, I, I commend both of you because it is it is a different way about raising your kids, right? Especially what you said, right? The not the short-term COVID caused uh, homeschooling, which a lot of parents had had to do. Some stop doing it out of necessity, right? For obvious reasons, right? right. Um, but man, it is it is something different. And uh, even for me, I had to switch gears, right? I'm I'm a product of the public schools growing up and, and then did college myself. But now to come home going, oh, you know what? I have to do my part to help raise the, the kids and school them too, right? Not just instill uh, excellence. It, it it took me a little while to kind of shift my mind to adopt like this is the way right like it's it's something else you know did you did you guys have any challenges like that um initially um it was
1: it was tough because we were trying to find a good way to help us teach them Mm -hmm. uh we went through so many different curriculums and it took us about three years but once we found that um it's been smooth sailing ever since but it did take us a while to get used to um we did my sister also homeschools all three of her kids so we, my wife and her were able to take their kids on these trips and um, different things to to teach using that uh form of of teaching but um so we did have help with with family members in the beginning um and then we met somebody we're still very close friends with. They also homeschool their kids. Uh, so we, we formed a little community. Um, we've, we also started, a started going to a co-op and so mm-hmm. we found ways to really, um, I guess smooth over the transition of moving from public to, to, um, uh, homeschooling and, uh, but yeah, that first, I guess the first year was pretty rough trying to figure things out. And, uh, you know, we tried book work and they didn't like it. So now they do everything on computer. Um, okay. They have uh, video. They have videos where they have these uh, They're really, I guess, really good teachers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they really like it and it works well with how we how we do things. We also uh, complement that with like when I'm picking them up from dance and bring them home, I'll. I'll kind of quiz them with investing questions and <laughs> you know, I call it drive time schooling. Uh, you know, dad, it's eight o'clock at night. Well, you know, learning doesn't stop. You got to keep on going. Uh,
0: yeah. There are no days off, right? Yeah.
1: yeah that's uh, that's another good thing about homeschool is we do it. We try to, you know, if they're running behind them, they do it on the weekends because cause in real yeah. life you can't take off if if, you know, you're behind doing stuff. So. It's uh it's been it's been good to be able to mimic what life will be after they're out into the real world. Um that's just I don't know, that's one of the benefits that we've found so far of doing it.
0: Yeah, I I, I would agree. I I'd seen the same thing um after that little short transition period was as to be able to make everything about an experience right like the world does not work the way you think it may work and based on what you're shown in in some schools some of the things aren't teaching you how to quote-unquote thrive right they're just teaching you to survive within the mechanics of quote-unquote the matrix if you will um but i mean it, it is interesting to see that more and more people have gone the, the route of homeschooling, right? Which it was very popular in 60s, 70s, right? Based on the, the times. What advice would you give anybody that's looking to get into homeschool or even considering now, what are some of the things that you'd recommend that they check into or be open to uh, with that kind of transition?
1: Um, they'll just have to know it's going to be tough to begin with. Uh, you got to find a, a good support system, good, curriculum or if you're like unschooling uh you just got to stay busy stay active kids kids want to be creative they want to be active um so another thing is to stay on a routine mm-hmm. kids are they love routine and if you aren't uh consistent with it they get off and we find find that when we're not consistent with you know making them do their school work that it may go a week or two without doing anything. <laughs> uh, uh, and that's, you know, it's, we allow that sometimes just cause they might need a small break, but, yeah. uh, but it's just finding that support structure, finding a good curriculum curriculum. We, we, uh, I think we use the cellus is uh, who we use and uh, just try to have as much fun because they're, they're only kids once. So yeah. um, we try to, instead like instead of birthday presents and stuff now we do experiences we take them yeah. to you know disney and we do all these things but we we try to incorporate some type of learning in everywhere we go and uh you know i th- i think camp, the kids have enjoyed it and what's actually turned out to be kind of funny is uh now my oldest definitely my oldest they're known or she's known at many different schools so uh, She's to me, she's like one of the most popular kids in Huntsville. <laughs> yeah, like she just she just got an uh another boyfriend, I guess Tuesday, asked her to be her uh girlfriend on on Valentine's Day. And uh oh, sweet, there was kids at other schools talking about them starting to to date or whatever. And I'm like, how many people knows this kid? You know, she's a homeschooler, she's not supposed to know anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh what happens is uh She's at at dance with kids from all different schools and she becomes friends with their friends. And, um, it's, it's, she's like super social way more than I am. She talks to way more people <laughs> than I do. Uh, we're always like, who are you talking to But uh, I got off track, but.
0: Oh, uh, no, it's all right. It's all right.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's been. Going back to your question is just, like I said, uh, find a community to me that's the biggest thing is finding a community yeah. that's uh that's going through the same thing you're going through uh find a co-op or or you know if you have any family members uh try to keep in touch with them if they're doing the same thing so
0: yeah yeah no i that, that that's awesome advice for anybody that's looking to start homeschooling their kids or make the transition unschooling from the public school or private school right i, I mean all of those points are I mean, that resonates with me, and those are great starting points. It's interesting you mentioned your tail in there about um, the socialization of kids that are homeschool, right? So when we first started, a, a lot of uh, comments that were made, or we'll say flack from other individuals that we know, relatives and not, was... But they're not going to socialize they're going to have absolutely no friends they're they're not going to get exposure to hanging out on the playground or whatever the case is right and um we actually kind of laughed at that and we're like well we're actually they're involved in all these different groups we go on excursions and experiences they're talking we're teaching them how to do things in grocery stores and everywhere else um it's not like they're sitting in a box isolated right away from everybody else right that's not it right and and they still could go outside and play with all the neighborhood kids that are quote-unquote playing outside they just attend their studies at a different time in a different location right
1: right yeah and and if a kid's not socialized that's homeschool that's on the parent in my opinion uh you know we went out of our way to make sure they had other kids to be around and uh, luckily we found dance about the same time actually no it was they've only been doing it six years so I guess two years into to homeschooling but luckily we found dance and the kids there are are amazing kids they come from great families and um they just they've blossomed with the, the people there and uh it's been fun to watch them them do this so uh, we're very happy with making that decision. It was scary when we did it, but eight years later, we are like, we made the right decision doing that. So.
0: Yeah. You've, you've changed the course of, uh, your family tree, just doing it right. They're getting a different experience based, um, separate from where you came from or your wife came from, right. Different environment altogether. And it sounds like those decisions are starting to pay dividends. So that's awesome. Yep. Well, man, um we're we're coming up to the end of it i know we got to get going here in a little bit but what are two things that you'd want to leave with our audience today that that were from those moments of time where you had those catalysts where you just said you know what i'm not having it right now life could be better what are two things that you did that just helped make you take that decision and go down that new path
1: um So I I think I mentioned a couple of them. It's it's always going to be scary because usually the things that make you change are scary. Um, You know, I lost my job or I joined the army. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I was going to deploy right after getting married twice. Uh, So, you know, the first four years of our three years of our marriage, I was gone. Uh, But you just can't quit. Uh, You got to keep going you got to stay consistent. You got to stack small wins, like you said earlier, um, and just keep moving forward. And, uh, you know, if something doesn't work, try something else. <laughs> uh, that's one thing that I've always done is try something else.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so um, always trying to learn. And uh, I guess the second thing is, you know, always keep learning. Um, I, I guess I started my self-development uh, journey back in 2014 when i lost my job mm-hmm. uh, i started with michael hyatt and uh then i found gary v and then i found grant cardone and then andy for and ed Ed, ed Millett, and the rest is history so yeah. uh, so i guess two points would be never quit and then always keep keep learning that's just uh what i've always done to keep moving forward. So uh, I, my wife told me the other day that you just never quit. And I was like, yeah, that's correct.
0: <laughs> uh, so I guess that's, that's two things I would say. Those are, those are spot on brother. I, I, I that resonates with me. And uh, I think the same thing, right. Is every day is a new opportunity for you to, like you said, try something new Yeah, and if you, and if it's not working, pivot, and just keep learning right we've got to be lifelong learners and you're already instilling that in your children which is making a huge difference and you're already stacking wins in huntsville and starting to conquer the real estate area which is huge man um, right. i just saw you came in in the top 50 agents in the area which that's fantastic i'm standing right behind you clapping 100 percent of the time and more uh, you're going to reach the top of that list very soon. So keep it up. There's
1: 18,000 agents in Alabama and uh, was named number 43. So <sighs> it's, uh, I think that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> you know what? That's not that's not too shabby, right? That's not too shabby. No, that, that's fantastic, brother. That, that means you're dominating the market. And uh, we just got to get your name out there a little bit more and get you more clients. Where can people find you? How are they going to be able to connect with you?
1: Uh, I spend a lot of time on Instagram uh, mm-hmm. at Justin Forehand is my uh, username. That's where I. That's where you pretty much can find me. I'm on Facebook too, but I, I usually communicate more on on Instagram than anywhere else.
0: Fantastic. And, uh,
1: I also started a YouTube channel this year. Uh, that was one thing. One of my goals okay. was to do over 100 videos this year and uh, I'm at Justin Forehand there. I think I'm at uh, stop counting. Uh, I think I'm at like 14 now, so uh, got a ways to go. But
0: well, you know what? That, that's, you a, know. that's a good project to have, man. Uh, I'm gonna go check them out, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna become a subscriber on your channel. You do the same, and everybody listening here, it's been a great conversation with Justin Forehand. We covered all kinds of topics from homeschooling, army life, fitness, real estate. This is the place to be. Thanks for tuning in today. Go out, check him out on Facebook, linked. I'm sorry, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. He's got some new videos coming out. Once again, we appreciate you listening to the Ultra Catalyst podcast. Hit like, subscribe, send us a DM. Either one of us are happy to help you. We also got a new YouTube channel out there for this video. Justin, my man, thanks for being here. Appreciate you, brother. No problem.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Anytime, brother. We'll we'll be in touch very soon. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you later.